everyone, and welcome to Minute 117 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Heather Baxendale of Word of Hellmouth Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Hello. Thank you for having me back. It's been fantastic in the last 24 hours since we talked. I, I promise I will never even think about going up in a tall building again. <laughs> I I'm I'm okay with it. I'm actually okay with it. <laughs> I just can't I can't go I can't go to the to the windows anymore. Now that I'm getting older, I have vertigo and it's awful. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I never I never experienced it when I was younger. I never had issues with heights, anything like that. Now, um, even even a couple weekends ago, I was off on a, a run and I came to the edge of a bluff and it was it was maybe a hundred feet high. It was just really steep, so I went to the edge. I was going to take a picture of it and then I went, oh no, can't do that. Must go back. I was in the middle of the woods, so wow. <laughs> I decided I decided yeah, I should I should probably head back. So, oh yeah. wow! No, yeah, no no windows in tall buildings for me. Uh, as long as you can leap them in. You know, leap tall, leap leap over tall buildings in, in a single bound, then you're good. Oh, I can do that. I just have to oh. close my eyes and hope. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. I'm assuming I'm assuming that Cal L did that or Clark Kent did that the first time also. You know, it makes sense. I'm certain. I'm certain. Besides, who knows? I might find out I can fly. Improbable, um, I know, but okay. But but start with 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 short distances. Yeah. You know, don't, don't don't start with. Don't start by jumping off the 30th floor to, to check yeah. that, you know. This isn't the major. No. As far as we know. That we know of. Exactly. Ah, touche. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so minute 117 begins with Hans making a decision and ends with gravity taking control of the hose reel. Yes. So yesterday we ended things off with, with John standing on, on the, the precipice of the edge of the roof debating what to do he has this loosely tied uh hose uh water hose around his waist but he's looking back and doesn't want to get shot so you you think that the chopper would have would see him at this point because now that he's standing up again you know yes yes but maybe you, you would... just when they're they're making their 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 you know turn around i don't know that is also possible or they're waiting for sniper to actually be able to line up a shot because it does take precision. I mean, if we're if we're thinking about it on a level right. of realism here. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so they might not have a shot lined up already if they're going in for specifically the kill and not just to disarm him as well. Right. <laughs> but I I like how you specifically mentioned that it is loosely tied because it is loose. Yes. <laughs> But what would you prefer, too? Would you prefer a death of getting shot up by bullets, or would you take the chance and jump off the building and hope? I don't know. That's, that's a really, really dark question, because it, it, it makes me go back to, you know, when, when I mean, I, I, I'm going to say it because, because it comes to my mind, it, it, you know, the, the, the day of 9-11, you know, the idea that there were people who jumped off instead of wanting to burn or instead of trying to find a way to, to, to get through stuff like that, you know, we, I, I, I never, I hope that no one is ever in those type of situations where you need to make that type of decision. We'll never know why they made the decisions that they made, but 
you know, it's, you know, it, this is the question that you're asking, right? Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The Sophie's choice of death, you know? (laughs) Well, I thought about it when this time looking over it and I went, well, this is kind of what's happening too. It's he's, he's definitely a fighter when it comes to fight or flight instinct. But at this point, he's not just trying to fight for himself. He wants to go save his wife, which, which puts his own safety in a different space in his mind. So he's not thinking about things necessarily the way he would if it was just John fighting the bad guys or John trying to survive on his own. He's thinking beyond what his normal thoughts are here. However, I think I empathize with the jumping off to a degree too. There's a far greater chance getting shot or blown up that you're, you're going to die and it's either going to be quick and painful or it's going to be long and painful. Jumping off, gives you at least the chance to okay. survive and you're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to regret it until you're already in the air. Right. Sure. It might seem like a better choice at the moment and then perhaps regretful afterwards. Like you said, I can't possibly know, but I think I And I hope you never need to know. Of it. I hope <laughs> nobody ever needs to know, which I'm sure people unfortunately will. Right. But but yeah, I think I think I kind of get that. I think I understand that. I, right. I, okay. I actually do. Yeah. I actually just thought of the fact that why didn't he try to just run for the door again to be able to get go down? You know, the yeah. the hostages all just got through there. So run back to the door. You know, obviously he doesn't want to get shot. So maybe that's his concern. You know, he needs to to figure out when, you know, they're they're reloading or they're not at an angle where they can shoot at him. But again, it goes back to the typical answer of when you don't know about some, why something happens in a movie, it's because that's what the script needed. You know, they they wanted to have this action shot of him jumping off the roof. That's what it comes down to. So the, this minute actually begins with, with Hans, you know, and Eddie. Eddie ended yesterday's minute by saying, there's something wrong with They're coming back down. And Hans immediately goes, blow the roof. And then Kristoff, who we have seen like three times in the whole movie, you know, he's he's like Theo's assistant. It, it, this is, I think, one of his first lines in the movie. He goes, but Carl's up there. You know, and I always thought that that line was is he he said McLeod is up there. You know, he like garbles the the way he says it. But Carl, so it always sounded to me like McLeod is up there. And, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then Hans turns to him and goes, "Blow the roof." And he actually, it's funny. He says it as if he's giving an order, but then he goes over and grabs the detonator himself. Because he doesn't trust anybody to get it done other than himself. No, but then he why sees, give? But why give? Why give the order? I feel like that's just what he does. He's a man in charge. He's used to people following his directions, and he expects that. But the fact that he said, "But what about Carl?" Suddenly, somebody's questioning him. Well, he can't. Now he's been questioned. He can't expect that the the line is going to be followed. He's not going to expect that the order is going to be followed now. Before right. there was just okay. obedience. Now, I mean, that actually works for me. It's 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 legitimate. It's well, asking Frick, you're asking me questions here. No, then I'll do it. <laughs> if you can't be trusted. I right. mean, as a parent too, I feel like that sometimes where I'm going, can you please go do that? Can you please go do that? And most of the time the kid listens, but if they're not going to, give it to me i'm just going to do it myself because if it's going to get done i'm going to have to get it done right okay and i, I, I can i, I like can definitely empathize yeah. with that i 
<laughs> it's, it's it's a very brief moment, but that's that's the, that's the feeling I got from it. Yeah, okay. and that's that's, that's kind fair. of how I read it. That's fair. That's fair. And then we we get another shot of the Huey hovering over the roof, and then John is still standing there on on the on the ledge, and you know he he is he says like a sort of a prayer. You know, he goes, I, I promise I will never even think about going up in a tall building again. Oh, God, <laughs> please don't let me die. Now, the thing that, that got me, if you're if you're paying attention, like we are doing here, if you go to no, second 19, okay, when he's giving this, this quote-unquote prayer, yeah. do you notice something very strange right behind him? No, at 19 seconds? Yes. I saw the chopper. Okay, first of all, the chopper is lined up beautifully for a shot of John. Yeah. They finally found yes. it. Okay, but that's not the thing that's crazy here. What is in barbed wire? That's right, there's barbed wire. Why the hell do you need barbed wire on the top of a 30-something story building? Are you trying to keep the cows from getting into your ranch? I mean, like, what, what do you, what, what is it? What are you trying to keep away? You don't Maybe, use, okay, you don't so use barbed wire for pigeons. No, maybe there's some kind of. I mean, this he's over in the area where um, all of the 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 fire hose and everything is. So maybe there's emergency stuff there. There's electrical stuff, perhaps. Uh, sometimes they have maintenance sheds on top of the roof, which you wouldn't want anyone to be able to access, and not necessarily a situation like this, but perhaps in a situation like this, they don't want easy access to that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm just shooting. I'm just shooting That's things great. at the wall right no now. No problem. No problem. But um. But I mean, there's maybe some some ideas. Uh, I could see actually the barbed wire being around the actual perimeter of the roof to stop jumpers. Uh, uh, hello, you that can you can sense. actually build you know something. <laughs> you don't need to put barbed wire no. there. <laughs> you... No, no. It seems it seems a little odd. I if if I had to to zero in on something, I would say that there's some kind of and I can't remember exactly, but I would say that there's some kind of maintenance or perhaps an electrical um, area right there that they wouldn't want just someone who came up onto the roof for whatever reason to okay. be able to access easily. That would be my guess if I had to try and rationalize it. Okay, very. that's fair. So what do you know about barbed wire? It hurts like an SOB. <laughs> what in what year do you think someone thought of the idea of barbed wire and actually got it patented for the first time i don't know but i know it wasn't pam anderson uh no <laughs> definitely no, i have no idea not. it's it's been around for for quite a long time though because it is used for for farming and keeping livestock in well i think it was used for that long before it was used for anything else I might be wrong. You you are completely you correct. Know. That is the first yes. thing that it was used for. The patent was was issued in 1867 to a man named Lucian B. Smith of Kent, Ohio, who everyone regards him as the inventor of the barbed wire. Okay, the the idea is to have, you know, uh, steel fencing wire constructed with sharp edges or points arranged at intervals along the strands. Okay, sometimes it's used as inexpensive fences and it's used atop walls surrounding security property. Okay. And you can 
you can toss a towel or a thick blanket over it and climb over on top of it. But otherwise, I wouldn't recommend trying to get around it. Yeah, it's but it was awful. mostly used for livestock at the beginning or to keep livestock either in or out. And it it uh, it worked. Uh, it, it generally works because cows don't like, uh, you know, getting pricked by it, I guess. Yeah. No, it hurts. It hurts. Um, but it started being used for other things during World War One, where they would use it to try to halt the passage of soldiers, or to to keep them, you know, into uh, narrow uh, areas, you know, so that you can, uh, you know, shoot them much easier. Well, and and it works really well for that too because it doesn't just hurt to you move also get through, stuck, but you also get. Yeah, you get stuck. You get tangled up in it. Mm-hmm. Correct. As they also use really well in the film Tremors. <laughs> Correct. Now, uh, many uh, many armies train their soldiers that if even if you're injured by by barbed wire, then what you do is you have several soldiers who will lie across the wire to form like a type of bridge, so that yeah. the rest of the formation can pass over. Uh, sometimes you, you use live people. Sometimes you use no longer live people for that type of thing. <laughs> you know, but uh, it it uh, is something that that is used quite often. You know, in in, in 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 Norway, of buildings in Norway, you're it, it's it's illegal to, to to use barbed wire anymore. Really? Yes. What is the reason for that? Do you know? Yes. Because they say that it's cruelty to animals, and therefore you need to use electrical electric fences. I think electric fences are probably crueler. <laughs> That's what I feel. I was just going to say exactly <laughs> the same thing. It doesn't take it, it. It doesn't take long for an animal to bump up against it and go, "Ouch, that's a bad plan." And even an animal that is not intelligent, which cows are not, they can figure that out. Whereas. I've gotten electrical charges before. It's not pleasant. Yes. At all. Yeah, I'm with you there. I feel But like what's the, very yeah. interesting is, is that Rolls-Royce actually uses Norwegian hides from cows for to produce the leather in their cars because the hides from from Norwegian cattle have fewer scratches than hides from countries where there is barbed wire. I found that to be pretty funny. You know, that's the reason that they, it, you know, you know, handed to, to Rolls Royce to, to think of something like that. Yeah, I'll be buying strictly Rolls from here on out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just open my piggy bank for my next my next car. Purchase. Exactly. <laughs> then the, the shot changes. Right. And we can we we see, uh, you know, Big Johnson, uh, you know, looking directly towards John as he's getting ready. John's getting ready to jump. And at the same, go back to what we said yesterday. The editing here is amazing because then it switches to Hans. We see Hans lift up the pump on the detonator, and then it goes back to Big Johnson taking aim. And then the the, the score here is once again amazing. You know, really adds to the suspense of everything. Then we see John leap into the air, sort of in slow motion. And as he's doing that, Hans pushes the pump down. And then we see John flying through the air and, you know, has his hands above him as if he's maybe bungee jumping or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can still see that the the gun is strapped to him. Now, I've always noticed this. As this happens, 
behind John, it looks like there's a flare that shoots up. Did you, did you ever notice that? Um, I noticed that there is explosion, and it seems like it's kind of happening happening everywhere. I didn't notice that there was anything specific, like, right behind There's, him. like, something no. that shoots up right behind him, right be, right as he's jumping. And it's just, it's really oh, cool. Oh, there is. Yeah. There is. Oh, God, that shot's so great. Yeah. That, it. It's, right. As far as if you look at if you look at the concerned. second uh, twenty five, you can see it. It looks like a firework that that's like shooting up or something like that. I mean, this is something I've noticed before. Yeah. This isn't the first time I've noticed this, but you can also see how loose the the hose is in that in that freeze frame. Also, the the whole perspective here is great because it, and you pointed this out too. Is you get all of the angles. You yeah. get. The villain's angle, you get the chopper, you get John's, you get the the side of the building, and then you get the wide pan shot, so you're far away, what it looks like from across the city. I mean, and all of this happens in a matter of, like, five, ten seconds. Yeah. And then, and then masterful, beautiful... The I have explosions. Say, explosions. Yeah, they, they just look incredible. And it's, it's because they're practical effects, too. Yeah. I mean, if this movie was done today, all of this, or most of this, would probably be CGI for the most part. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I hate to be one of those people that say they don't make them like they used to, but I mean, but they don't, they really don't, <laughs> they really don't. And, and some things are improvement now and some things are great in that aspect, but because of the way this film is shot, it's made to last. Yes. And, and it's, it's sequences like this where we're literally breaking down second to second, looking at it and it all looks amazing. Yeah, for sure. That's. It's just impressive. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> and then the, we see a shot from, from afar with the explosion and the, the, the fire starts off really small and then it like billows out and you see that it also encompasses the helicopter that, that's, that's there. You know, as we see all of the top of Nakatomi, you know, on fire, which is great. And then we get a shot from inside the Huey, which is also amazing. Because if you if you watch that like really slowly, you see the you know you you can see both Johnsons as you know the fire is around them and it will just engulfs them, you know engulfs the helicopter. I mean they they don't they didn't do any effects where you see someone on fire, but you see the no. fire through the window and like Johnson is still holding his gun, uh, aiming, which. Well, would, it- which shows yeah. how quickly this happened. He didn't even doesn't even have any time to react. No, no, and the the people next to him too. They're they're not reacting yet either. They're just okay. Like, I, okay. I think that has to do with the fact that that the the fire is not really happening behind them. You know, I think I that's think that's true. But they're they're leaning forward. <laughs> but they're leaning forward because you can see that they're still reacting to to something. Yeah. they're getting maybe they're getting out of his way so he can take the shot, but they're not. They're not realizing that they're done for. Yeah. Essentially. Correct. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. You can you can see the flames right out of the side of the chopper before yeah. they've they before it's consumed the chopper. And all of this stuff happens within like ten seconds. Yeah. It's really, really quick and it's just amazing. And then we get a shot of you know, everyone downstairs waiting in the staging area. And first of all, they're they're really lit up here. From the explosion, I mean, you're 30 floors up, but there's still so much light coming from this fire that, you know, that when uh, Jan de Bont lit the area, he lit it so that you can, 
you know, see everyone down at the bottom really, really well. And you hear someone scream. You can't tell who it is, but you hear someone scream, holy shit. Yep. Yep. Which, which is the type of expression that you would expect from someone, you know, looking up and seeing the, the, you know, the, the top of a building like this, just being engulfed in flames. So it, it sort of makes sense. And then it goes back to John and we hear him yelling as he is like falling down from the building, you know, on the side. Now, we, we said yesterday that a hose reel generally is about 100 feet. Okay. So how many floors do you think John has fallen down here? I was guessing about five to 10. I was thinking five to 10. He goes down quite a bit because he avoids all the flames on the, Correct. the top okay, that's true. floors. How, how, what do you think the average height of a, uh, a floor or a story is in a building? I would guess. Average, I would just toss out 10 as a number. Okay, the general average is about 14 feet. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, all right. So so that would mean that if it's 14 feet, again, we, we can't really measure the, the distances here, but we can we can guesstimate. So we can say, okay, if it's 14 feet for, for each floor, okay, and you have a hose that's 100 feet. I mean, I know it sounds like a, a math problem, but I hate math, so... You know, I'm, I'm not going too too deep into this. This whole, is one of those that it. the train is going That's in this right. direction. If the train leaves, if the train on leaves Livonia <laughs> on its way to Southfield, you know. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. But, so, so 14 feet. So uh, that would that would basically mean that uh, was it 14 times four? Uh, no. Let's be generous right. and say five. Let's say he only went down five. Five floors. Okay. All right. That, I mean, that that's that's actually the answer that I'm going to come up with in the end. That forgetting about you know doing the measurements, but I think he goes down about five floors because you know we'll find out later in the week where he ends up. You know, we find out yeah. where where he ends up, and that is five floors down. You know, so even so, but but five floors would be maybe seventy feet. You know, and the distance from where the 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 boxes with with the hose reel and and the ledge let's say it's another 10 feet 15 feet you know so you'd add another one there or something like that so yeah okay it makes sense it's about five five floors six floors so it does something so something from that perspective you know about how he, he jumps down and <laughs> so he's yelling as he's flying down and then they give us a shot of the hose itself the reel you know, reaching the, the end of its spool, right? And then at that point, there's another explosion. And, you know, there's a big flash. And then we see the hose reel start to, like, move a little bit, and it yep. disconnects. And then we see John fall down a little further. Okay. So, first of all, there's no way that his weight is not going to pull it down. You know, the the... Even In the, a second. the metal that's there shouldn't stay as long as it does. It should yeah, have, no. you know, he, he's counterweighting it uh, much more than, than what's believable here. Yeah. If he didn't, if he didn't, it, in reality, which it's not. Of course. In reality, of course. If, if this had actually happened, he would have had to have come through that window immediately. And that is the only way it would have worked. And that's yeah. not what happened here. No. Even even if even if there wasn't a secondary explosion and it didn't come loose, it still would not have held. 
simply because, and I don't think, again, I don't think it's because, which I think I said in yesterday's show, I don't think it's because of the actual strength of the hose itself. I think the hose is more than strong enough to do exactly this. I think it's because the attachment to the reel is not strong enough right. because it wasn't intended. Well, no, to do the attachment any- to the reel is strong, but the reel, the, the attachment of the reel to the the box, that's what's not yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah. So, so that though, it, that that would not hold up. His weight alone and coming down that that hard, there's there's no way he'd have he'd have one maybe two chances to get through the window, yeah. which. We'll get, we'll, to. we'll get to it in a second. So he, as as we see this happen, he like bangs against the the the, the side of the building, which really looks like that that's gonna hurt. You know the way that the way that he 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 hits that, and then we yeah, get a well, shot. Yeah, that's just a mere flesh wound for him at this point. That's true. He's he's already been shot. He has a bullet hole in in his shoulder. You know, which thankfully was a through and through. You know, so <laughs> makes things Hero. a little easier. <laughs> Movie heroes can just go on. That's that's fine. It's, yeah. it's a problem for a moment until it's not a problem. That's correct. That's correct. And then we get a shot from from the ground level again, seeing the 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 flames billowing up uh, on the top of the roof, which it's a great it's a great pan up, the way that they you know they zoom up past the the entire building for us to see that. You know, we see all the the, 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 constant, the constant shifting of perspectives. I think is is nothing short of genius. It, they linger long enough for you to invest and see what you need to see, but it moves quickly enough that you're not stuck from that that point of view. And then in that entire time, to the, the the sequence of the story and what's happening to McLean and everybody else is also moving forward. It's all moving so fast. Yeah, there is just so much that happens in such a short period of time. For sure, <laughs> it's just done really well. And then it has the. One of my all-time favorite uh, stills of this movie. Okay, we see John from inside the. We're looking from inside the building, and we see his foot, his feet on the glass, smearing blood. Feet. You know. Ah. Now I remember, and and you might remember this too. Uh, you know, back back in in the Detroit area, I you know when you, when you'd go to the movies before the movie would start, so they would have all of these stills. It must have been AMC at the time already by that point. This was like late 80s, early 90s. And they would have stills of different movies that would just flash on the screen. And this still of John McClane hanging on for his life with his feet, with his bloody feet up against the window was one of the shots that I always would love to see. You know, it was one of the, the standard ones that they would have there. I don't remember any of the others. This is the only one I remember. But, but because it's 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 fantastic. Yes. Um. And I mean, okay. And, and it's diehard. Into it too. Yeah. It's diehard. <laughs> it's it's diehard. But I mean, this is this is definitely commitment to a situation that was created too, where he's had no shoes and his feet have gotten cut up and destroyed, and they aren't running away from that or solving that problem or ignoring that problem. It's a continued issue. But yes. the shot here is incredible i mean he's just he's just covered in blood and i hate feet i i cannot stand feet they creep me out i am the opposite of quentin tarantino i do not like them i do not want them but this shot is is epic for all that it is yes it's really great it's 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 amazing they actually look like hobbit feet (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> they look like they hurt. That that too. <laughs> His dags are tired. His dags are tired. <laughs> They've had a long day. John's had a bad day, but his feet have had a much worse day. <laughs> uh yes. Night. Night. Yes, it's all it's all an evening. This is yes. true. That is true. And and then I mean the he doesn't stay there very long. He's he's like slipping and sliding on the window, trying to figure out a way of of you know getting some sort of traction, something. And he, he's not able to do it. Nothing works. So then he decides to swing himself backwards, which which is actually quite smart. Yeah. You know, he swings himself back once, and then he pulls out his pistol, and just shoots into the to the to the glass, and breaks it. And if you're going to do it, this would be the way to do it. Swing back with the, the momentum, shoot while you're coming in, and hope. And you, you probably only get one chance to make it, or you're going all the way down. But I mean, if you're going to, that's the only way it would work. Would it? I don't know. I don't know. It would depend on the glass. And buildings like that, the glass is built so strong because it has, has to withstand winds. It has to withstand, you know, birds possibly potentially flying in there debris all of all of all of nature that we can't avoid i know that that glass the higher you go it has to be incredibly strong yeah but i haven't tried to shoot bullets through the window of a skyscraper either so especially from the outside <laughs> especially from the outside i think it's safe to say they're probably not bulletproof <laughs> on purpose well, well, but again, if you if you think about if you think bullet. back into the back to the beginning of the, or the middle of the movie, right before you know when when John is trying to uh, get Al's attention, you know, thirty something feet up, thirty something floors up, he takes the chair and starts trying to break the window th- with the chair, and that doesn't work. You know, he he just makes a hole in the in the window. Yeah. You know, it doesn't shatter. Yeah. He needs to use Marco's body in order to shatter the whole thing. So. I don't know. And then John, you know, swings into the he he does a Tarzan move, swinging into the the the, the building. And then he's quite happy. He's lying on his stomach, very happy. And then the movie adds a little more suspense, and we get to see the fire hose start flying down behind him, you know, with the the, the metal. You know, just being taken by gravity and, you know, shooting downwards. And we're going to have to wait until tomorrow to find out what happens with that. But yes, it, we are. It's, it's great. First of all, it's a great place to, to actually stop the minute. That really works well. You know, as it just flies right by, whoosh, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's another cliffhanger. There you go. We have them every 10 seconds on this show, just so you guys know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, Heather, you have anything else you want to say before we get to the script? Let's go to the script. I'm curious. Okay. About it. So the script has, has a few things here. First of all, um, remember what I mentioned, that Eddie is not here. So Hans, yes. so Hans is actually the one who notices all of the, the, the hostages running by. Okay, he goes, schnell, schnell. And then something catches his eye. He turns and looks at, he looks through the window and through the glass. He can catch a glimpse of the hostages coming back into the room. 
Hans whirls, whirls towards Christoph and says, blow the roof now. And Christoph says, but Carl and Uli are up there. Camera adjusts to show the remote detonator on a table. Hans goes towards it. Hans extends the antenna, hits the button. The long shot of the roof. The helipad explodes. A fireball rolls into the sky. The hostages lose their footing on the floor. Dust and debris fall down, but they're okay. Johnson and Johnson's chopper strains to avoid the rising fireball, but it can't. It's caught in the explosion. It tips over. A rotor hits the roof. It crashes, explodes, tumbles down the side of the building. Uh, again, I know this is something that's going to happen later in the week, but it, it all fits in together here. Dangling against the side of the building, McLean ducks and winces as flaming debris soars past him. And then it, it, a shot of the hose wheel device. Flame roars towards it, engulfs it. It jerks on its foundation, pivots 180 degrees as several bolts slip. McLean drops several more feet. He swallows, then kicks against the side of the building, his bloody feet leaving smears. The shatterproof glass doesn't budge. Wincing as, as more flaming debris sizzles by, McLean levels the machine gun, kicks off from the building, swings back 10 feet, reaches the zenith of his arc, fires the gun, and sails back in. McLean smashes through the roof. Uh, smashes, sorry. McLean smashes through the shattered glass, sails inside, rolls onto the floor, plowing through furniture and decor. Finally, he stops, catches his breath with relief, rises to one knee. The fire hose mounted, mounting is blasted off the roof, sails past the camera. The hose mechanism tumbles downwards. And, and more future and, doom. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. But uh, they, they, they do that well. They explain that well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very, very I, well. I like, I like the descriptive nature of it. You know, it, it really... You know, knowing what happens in the movie and then reading it in the script, they they did a good job of, of you know, filming what was written there. That's what it comes yes, down. But but I think too, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely what I would have visualized. Well, probably not as well, but what I would have visualized <laughs> had I read it and had not seen it. It's right. it's it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. That it definitely is. Um, okay, so every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where my guest will give a story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, or something that happened to them over the course of their lives that's somehow related to the holidays. So you got a story for us? Yeah, and it's just it's actually just kind of a, a feel good one. I, I I'm not going to feel good ones are good. Yeah, yeah, it's um it was actually trick or treating last year. Um, so my youngest is five now he's going to be six in two weeks but my oldest child is 19 <laughs> so i have a bit of a dichotomy there my my older children are you know past the stage of doing a lot of the fun things like trick-or-treating and halloween is easily my favorite season holiday of the entire year i go a little wonky with it and my favorite part is going through the neighborhood and trick-or-treating with the kids so especially after COVID, post-COVID, this was this was nice. Everybody felt kind of like everybody's houses were open again, and and I took the little guy out. But my oldest asked me, he said, am I too old to go trick-or-treating? Ooh. And I said, I'd go trick-or-treating if I felt like dressing up. I don't think, and I 100% think, I don't care if you're 49 and you come to my door with a costume, I'll give you candy. In fact, I'll give you more candy. 
Oh wow. I'd give you I'd give you booze if you asked for it, but I don't have booze. I don't drink anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> which some which some houses do do that. But yeah, so him and his girlfriend ended up dressing up. Uh, she goes to an art school, and she had made this incredible um, angel wings that literally opened out. They were they were like ten feet wide. She would have to go sideways when we'd go by people walking down the street, and they had lights, and they lit up and stuff too. So and my son dressed up as Bob Ross, and the littlest one as Spider Man. So we all went trick or treating together, and it was just it was just a simple regular Halloween, but it was it was really cool to have have the two of them together, and kind of knowing too that that was one of the last things I was gonna do that way with with my oldest. You never so know, maybe he'll surprise you and want to go again this year. If he does, and and his girlfriend does too, I would be absolutely delighted. But I'm I'm gonna cherish that memory forever. It was the first thing I thought of when I I thought about holidays this year. That's great. Especially since the last ones I did were Thanksgiving ones. <laughs> and <laughs> usually the Thanksgiving and Christmas ones come with some kind of debauchery. So <laughs> that's true. Just just wait till next season. When 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 you know, I I won't tell you what next season is yet. We'll have to wait and see. But we'll, we'll have to see where your stories come from there. You know. Yes. <laughs> All right. It's a good thing I, I I'm not too boring most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. No. You're you're a lot of fun to talk to. Um, all right. So Heather, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you once again? Yes, you can find me on the socials, uh, as HB Walsh, which is my pen name. You can find me there on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, if you want to check out my book, it's a fun fantasy dystopian future story called the prophecy part one lost. You can look for that on Amazon hardcover. Um, you can get it on Kindle, you know, it's available on every form uh part two will be coming out hopefully at the end of the year early january at the latest and we've got at least one episode out now of the new podcast i'm on it's a buffy rewatch podcast called word of hellmouth i'm hosting with mark armstead and it's on rabbit hole podcasts on patreon and such so give us a listen if you're into buffster excellent and finding me is very simple just do a quick search for movie of minute you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on my website, moveyourupminute.com. So, until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay! yippee ki mofo!